I'm Tom Doyle. And I'm Joanne Doyle. And welcome to Good News from the Middle East. So I'm with my good friend Chris Mitchell, and we're getting a live report from Jerusalem. And Chris has been the Middle East Bureau Chief for CBN. Is it really 31 years, Chris, that you've been there? Uh, I've been with CBN 31 years. I've been here uh, just over 20. 20 years. And here's the most amazing thing. He's a passionate believer bringing the news from Jerusalem. And how old is Dateline Jerusalem? That's my favorite program how it's it's award-winning how how long has that been on it's 10 years older we're in our 10th season right now wow and uh, yeah looking back it's amazing uh the way it's gone oh my gosh well chris it is so good to have you with us today and um so you're not only a correspondent middle east bureau chief for cbn you're writer he's got great books folks dateline jerusalem isis iran israel Destination Jerusalem, and uh, I don't know. I've just always felt a kinship with you, Chris, because we're kind of fellow thrill seekers when it comes down to it. <laughs> we like to be at the places, you know, Tahrir Square during Arab Spring, uh, Iraq during ISIS, you know, different places that most people are exiting, and we're heading there, right? So that's... no, it's true. It's it's uh, it. I guess that's the way God wired us. Uh, and we like to be there, and it's it's uh, it's an honor, it's a privilege, and you it's it's not thrill seeking for its own way, but we just want to be where God's moving, I guess. See, and that's the thing. And where there's desperation, there's open hearts. And mm-hmm. you know, I had a chance to be in Tahrir Square uh, during the Arab Spring, and went down in a black hoodie, and our Egyptian nationals were pretty nervous about taking me there, but I gently persuaded them, and. Just being there and sensing it, I thought, oh my gosh, our hearts hungry for a relationship with Jesus. We are in desperate times in the Middle East. And so you're right, it's not thrill-seeking. It's just we want to be on the front lines for the Lord, and he's moving there. So, well, let's, hey, let's get to... um, Let's get to Israel. And and how's this for a question? Are Christians going to be going to Israel anytime soon? Well, it's a great question. It's a very timely question because uh, ever since March of last year, and I, I remember it well being at David Ben-Gurion Airport when literally tour groups had to leave the country because of the, the pandemic, and uh, no tour groups that I'm aware of have come in since then. And, uh, and so now we're looking, we're in January 2021, and uh, I think it's an uncertain date when tour groups will come in and and there's a few factors uh tom first of all uh israel is in the midst of an aggressive vaccination program believe it or not they've already uh vaccinated one million people they they lead the world in per capita vaccinations by far uh and they want to i think they want to pretty much have the population vaccinated by sometime i would say late spring early summer mm-hmm. but uh, their issue is they're running out of vaccines uh the moderna vaccine i don't think is going to be here for a couple of months and i think pfizer's i think that uh dose is uh, is running out so uh that's one factor the other factor is um when uh israel will open its doors what does that look like 
would that mean that uh, foreigners and pilgrims and tour guides and uh, visitors will come, will have to be vaccinated? That's really an open question right now. Uh, for example, here in Israel, Tom, they're talking about a green app that you would have on your phone. In other words, once you get vaccinated, you can download the app, and then that gives you access to certain places other people that are not vaccinated don't have. Uh, you know, that is one way to sort of reopen the economy. On the other hand, some people are saying, well, that's kind of uh, a bit frightening, a bit draconian. Yes. And um, so that there, that's that issue right now. I don't know if the Green App is going to be implemented. I, I would tend to think it will be. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, Tom, right now they're looking at uh, even a more restrictive lockdown. We've been on a lockdown since a week ago Sunday, meaning... Uh, most businesses are closed. Uh, you can only go one kilometer from your home. Uh, restaurants can only deliver. You can't even come for a takeout. And now they're going to even make that more restrictive, perhaps um, uh, in a few days. So that's part of what's happening right now. Uh, kind of a, a multifaceted question or answer to your question about, you know, when Christians can come and visit Israel again. Wow, it's it's not an easy answer, and like we always say in the Middle East, Chris, everything is complicated. That's for sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, is this the third lockdown? Is this? Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It's the third national lockdown. Uh, there was one, I believe, in March, another September. Yeah. And here we are in our third lockdown. Uh, it is controversial. Some people don't think they're counter they're counterproductive. Uh, they don't work. Um, and but that's certainly the 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 way that the government has gone mm -hmm. and I, I i know benjamin netanyahu recently said if not today maybe yesterday they want to be the first country in the world to reopen wow uh, reopen <laughs> internally as well as reopen to the world uh, but it remains to be seen when that will happen and and how it's going to be implemented well, and as the world has been focused on COVID and the results in America, it's it's almost like, Chris, that uh, Americans have taken their eyes off the news globally. They've been so focused on the election here, yes. uh, you know, the, the riots that we went through, the protests, COVID, but major earth-shaking things have happened. The Abraham Accords, the peace treaty, full diplomatic relations between Israel and UAE, historic to start, and others following. What, what's happening on that front? Well, it's as you say, it's historic. You know, many times, Tom, and I know you'll understand this, uh, the Middle East, I guess the one thing you can expect is the unexpected. And uh, very pe people saw the Arab Spring, as you mentioned earlier, or the rise of ISIS. And I don't think a lot of people saw the Abraham Accords coming. Mm -hmm. uh, earlier this summer, there was a talk of sovereignty in uh, parts of Judea and Samaria. And that all of a sudden got flipped around to the Abraham Accords when the UAE and Bahrain uh, signed normalization with uh, Israel. I, I would say that a lot of Israelis are quite excited about it. They see it as an opportunity for tourism. The tourism minister... Uh, believes there's going to be maybe 100,000 Emiratis coming here. Uh, it's temporarily shut down right now because of COVID, but uh, they see trade uh, booming. Uh, you know, to see a, a tanker, not a tanker, but a, a freighter coming in with goods from the UAE to Haifa port, uh, that it almost sounds like uh, 
you'd have to you'd, somebody making it up in a novel, but uh, now it's happening. Uh, and you see small things, but symbolic. You saw Bahraini and Emirati de- delegation coming here during Hanukkah to help light the candles at the wow. Western Wall. It's... Uh, and and then you see a you know a hotel in uh, in Abu Dhabi that's uh, or Dubai that is uh, serving kosher food. Uh, so go figure. Oh my gosh, we, we we can't even fathom it. And whether people uh, like Donald Trump, love him or hate him, this is historic because traditionally, for the last several decades, peace treaties have started with the Palestinians, and there has been nothing. The blackboard is empty. Nothing has been accepted. Nothing has pleased both sides. And mm-hmm. so President Trump said, "Let's go to the surrounding nations, start there, and work our way back." And it worked. I mean, it was shocking. It did. It did. And, and, you know, Chris, you and I, we travel in Islamic nations. There's some big-time tradition in Islamic nations that was, was just broken in this. And part of it is, is this. If um, a land is Islamic and then uh, Muslims lose control of that land, the fight is forever to get it back. Yep. It, it yep. never ceases. That's why... Why, mm-hmm. why would Turkey care about Jerusalem? Because they had it for 400 years in the Ottoman Empire. And, and so exactly. to, to see that central to the peace treaty, because Palestinians had land and now Israel's come in 70 years ago. Uh, wow, this is an enormous change. And um, for them to just break the code and go forward and mm-hmm. have yeah. peace with Israel. What are some of the other nations that have signed peace treaties? Well, Sudan is in the process right now, uh, Morocco, another one. So there's four right now that are either normalized relations or in some sort of a stage of doing that. Uh, and uh, people expecting uh, more to come. And the big one everybody's waiting for po- potentially is Saudi Arabia uh, that would normalize relations. And that uh, that would be just earth-shaking and, yeah. and certainly historic. Uh, but the other, as the other ones have been, but of a different magnitude, I think. So yeah, yeah. That, uh, those are some of the other nations. That would be the game changer for sure. Saudi Arabia, as they go, so go the Arab nations. When we were there doing a Bible tour in February, we were talking with officials and they were talking about that very fact. And we were just like scratching our heads and checking to make sure our ears were hearing right. That <laughs> this is yeah. coming. Are you, are you kidding? Wow. Okay, let's switch tracks here. We haven't been able to go to Israel. And for Joanna and I, this is our first time in 25 years that we've had a year <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me, wow. where we didn't get to go to Israel. But we've had the second best thing. Chris Mitchell Live has been taking us to sites. <laughs> and this has been really phenomenal, Chris. We have loved them. We've seen a lot of them. Um, uh-huh. we, this has been the COVID substitute for believers for going to Israel and learned a lot from you, buddy. How did, how did this all happen? Well, it happened uh, back in March when uh, Israel shut down its borders to the rest of the world. And uh, my initial idea was that I would, uh, we would do a Facebook Live and we would pray for people, uh, help people give an update on what's happening inside Israel and, uh, and pray. Some, many times we have read scriptures and uh, as it evolved, uh, then I began to uh, go out and uh, whether it's the old city of Jerusalem, uh, the Galilee, uh, the Dead Sea, uh, been up to En Gedi and uh, Masada. 
And the whole idea was to really to bring Israel to people around the world that can't come here right now. And uh, the reaction has been really, really amazing and, and heartwarming. Uh, you know, people talk about um, really enjoying the fact that they could uh, sort of um, come to Israel via these Facebook lives. A, a number of times we've gone down to the Western Wall to pray, to pray for people mm -hmm. that are affected by COVID. Uh, but it just has grown, and, and it wasn't anything I was planning. And uh, then I, uh, it just kept going. And I really had a heart to, um, to just keep it going. I, I stopped in September. I went back to the States for, uh, for a month, but I'm, I'm back doing them. In fact, I just did one a few about an hour ago, and we went across the street, talked about the walls of the old city, mm. uh, the Jaffa Gate, the Mount Zion, the Upper Room. And, uh, and, and some of these experiences, Tom, have been really amazing. Uh, the other day, I went down to the Western Wall to pray, and, uh, and then I came back through part of the Jewish quarter, and then I kind of traversed back to the Christian quarter and uh, went into the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And I, I almost thought, well, can I even do this? I mean, I'm, I'm live, and uh, I'm just walking into the church hardly anybody there. Wow. Uh, I, I go to the edicule where the tomb, uh, they say, of Jesus is located, and uh, uh, I'm there. And, and then I went up, uh, as you know, when you go into the uh, church, Tom, right to the right is uh, where they believe Golgotha was. Right. And they were having a service. And uh, there was a monk there that said, well, go, you can go up, but stay on your right. I guess uh, they didn't want me to go uh, all over. But I, and I went up there, a service was going on, and I just stop talking and let listen to the service like everyone else and it's really something and uh you know it's been surreal uh to be in jerusalem and with no people uh mm. it, it's really uh it's a bit sad it's very sad uh but it's it's uh, just an, a unique uh time uh to be here and the, the whole idea behind the facebook lives is really to uh, show people, uh, bring pe bring people to Israel that they can't come here now. Wow! And and if people miss these, can they go back and look at them? Yeah, I think they can. Sure. Yeah, they can. Uh, in fact, maybe I should talk to our social media producer and put the links. Uh, you know, but you can scroll back on Facebook uh, on Jerusalem Dateline or Facebook okay. page. Uh, other times, it's on CBN News okay. uh, Facebook page. And, uh, and take a look at them. It's, um, you know, I've learned a lot too, Tom. You're the tour guide, and I was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I do a little... You know, I have my own uh, level of knowledge about these places, but I also try to do my st study up as well and, uh, you know, give some information, historical information, biblical information. Uh, we did one uh, last week on the, at the Eastern Gate, uh, and I learned more about that. Um, and, you know, one thing that really uh, hit me when I started doing these toms, uh, not that I've taken it, it uh, for granted that I live in Jerusalem, but yeah. uh, it just um, gave me the immediacy of these places that we have the privilege of living close by. I, I you know, to the Mount of Olives, or to Kidron Valley, the Garden of Gethsemane, mm. uh, you know, it's it's a privilege to be here, and it's a privilege to be able to share that with people that uh, that aren't able to come here. And some of the comments, Tom, are, thank you so much. I don't think I'll ever get to Israel, but oh. I thank you for taking me there. Oh. And, uh, 
Wow. Yeah, it's really heartwarming to it, be able to share that. It has been a global audience. We've even texted you a couple of times. I think once you and Liz said, hey, Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's just been a joy to see people from around the world checking in, watching these. And um, you know what? If yeah. you get a chance to do that, you should do it, folks, because you're going to get the biblical history. You're going to get the current events, how that weaves together and what's happening spiritually. And, and that's yes. what's really important right now. There are some great things happening with Palestinians <clears throat> and Jews coming to faith in Christ, uh, particularly Holocaust survivors uh, coming. So, so some, some great things happening. Chris, uh, how did you get to Israel? How did that happen? Well, uh, well, in 1996, I came here for the first time with CBN on an assignment. We had to do five stories for uh, the 700 Club at the time, and I came here and I fell in love with the land. I, I uh, There were only two places in the world I wanted to go at that time, and one was Israel, one was China. I've never been to China, but I, I fell in love with the land and the people. Uh, I, I, I know you feel the same way, Tom. And, Definitely. Uh, my only regret, regret was that Liz and our three children didn't come with me, because you can only do so much from uh, pictures or stories uh, but to experience it yourself, it takes it to another level. Not knowing that uh, four years later, we would all be here. Uh, so the next year, I came in uh, 1997, uh, and I went to a meeting, again, on assignment with CBN, but one night I went to a meeting with Derek Prince, a wow. uh, well-known Bible teacher, and he shared this story. He said, uh, at the end of World War uh, II, he was leaving the British Army, and he uh, was talking to an elderly Jewish woman, and he told her that he wanted to live in Jerusalem. And she said to him, well, Derek, you don't choose, Jeru choose Jerusalem. Jerusalem chooses you. Mm. And when he said that, it, those words just pierced my heart. And uh, I thought, well, Lord, are you choosing us for Jerusalem? Well, the next year, my boss put out an email asking for volunteers to start a bureau in Jerusalem. I was the only one to volunteer. <laughs> and uh, so in 1999, uh, we thought we were coming, but because of budget reasons, they delayed it. But in May of 2000, Michael Little, then the president of CBN, put, uh, put his hand on my shoulder and one of the hallways of CBN said, get ready to go. We came here in August, uh, just before the Intifada, and uh, we've been here 20 years plus. Wow. Wow. And boy, remembering those days, the Intifada, Chris, I can... Remember bringing a team. We were doing some missions there, and nobody was going to Israel. I remember we were on the streets of Tel Aviv, and we got a falafel, and a Jewish secular guy started crying as he put it on our plate. He said, "I haven't seen Americans in weeks." And um, wow. yeah, and um, just remember those days. And then even as we were done with you know doing our mission outreaches for the day, hitting a Bible site, and nobody there, like Capernaum yeah. or. Amount of Beatitudes. It was uh, amazing. And to live through that and to see Israel bounce back. And it seems like the the crises kept getting worse and worse as, as we went yeah. along. But the people kept coming. I mean, you've got the, the uh, Second Lebanon War. You've got the Arab Spring. You've got ISIS. They had even infiltrated uh, all the protests after Trump moves the uh, U.S. Embassy mm -hmm. to Jerusalem. I mean, you lived through that. A any memories from some of those uh, earth-shaking events? 
Yeah, uh, qu- quite a few, Tom. Uh, you know, when I think back of it, uh, you know, back to the second intifada, there were two things that had come to mind. First of all, personally, uh, we felt like we were living uh, out Psalm 91, that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The second thing is you mentioned personally, I mean, I, I would say for Israel, uh, the one people that kept people group that kept coming back were evangelical Christians. And it really, I think, turned a corner in Christian-Jewish relations that uh, Israelis thought, well, these people love us, and they will come in the midst of a very, very dark time. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that's one though, a very vivid memory. And uh, yeah, we were on the front lines of the 2006 Second Lebanon War. Uh, we were there in Tahrir Square like you were. And we went to uh, Kurdistan and Iraq during the rise of ISIS. Uh, you know, a number of uh, vivid memories. I, I can remember being at a uh, Kurdistan, a, a Peshmerga, a Kurdish troop uh, outpost, and they said we were maybe 500 meters from ISIS. Uh, that was, we also got the opportunity after Mosul had fallen, which is ancient Nineveh, and uh, we saw sort of the epicenter of. ISIS and not too far from where uh, al-Baghdadi began the uh, caliphate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, and seeing, I think, at that time, seeing some of the Christians that really literally fled for their lives and uh, to be able to share their story, to be able to, uh, you know, literally feel their pain and pray for them, Uh, people that had lost their homes, their livelihoods, may never go back and may, some of them never did go back to their homes. Uh, But, to be able to share those stories, I think, is, um, uh, I guess, why we were here, to be able to share so people could be informed, so keep people could be uh, pray and they be inspired. And, uh, and many times, Tom, and I, I know you and Joanne have done this, uh, you know, for, for decades, is you're sharing the, the way the Holy Spirit is moving in the Middle East. Right. And also to share some of the Muslims that have come to faith through dreams and visions. It's just, uh, it's more than heartwarming. It's inspiring. It's uh, spine-tingling to to see the work of the Holy Spirit here in the Middle East uh, with many of the people groups here. And you know what? I think for both of us, that was the shocker, getting involved in Israel and the Middle East. God is moving powerfully among the Muslims, among the Arabs. And I was just thinking about that. I've always appreciated that about you. Obviously, have a heart for the Jews, have a heart for the Palestinians, too. And Mm -hmm. I think about it, I was just corresponding with a couple of friends in Gaza. We spent a lot of time in the Gaza Strip, and they come, of course, from a Muslim background, pray to receive Christ. We've been involved with them for, for years. And just the utter dejection they have living in the Gaza Strip with Hamas in control, with no possibility of them getting out or going anywhere. They've had this temporary uh, hanging in the air status for seven decades. And Mm, while the Abraham Accords, I think it must have just been a horrible blow to the Palestinians who felt totally left out. Exactly, yeah. Now, the Palestinian leadership has been bypassed, and it flipped uh, that whole paradigm that Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you know, peace wouldn't come to the Middle East unless there's first peace with Israel and the Palestinians. Uh, so it really bypassed the leadership. But the Palestinian people themselves, uh, you know, too often they, they seem to be the ones that suffer uh, the most because of uh, the lack of uh, leadership 
that they have so right true. now. It's so true. Yeah. And you know what, Chris? Some of them are really speaking out now. Um, in mm-hmm. places like Gaza, I heard something on NPR radio where someone was sharing about the the number of millionaires in the Gaza Strip that work with Hamas. These were people mm-hmm. that one one gentleman said, I have a friend that couldn't afford a pack of cigarettes. Now he's got a house where he can see the beach and he's got millions in his pocket mm. because of what's happening. So it's so sad because so many times the Palestinian people are left out and feel like there's nobody for them. Uh, Israel's surrounded by hostile nations starting to have peace, but look at Palestinians that come out of a Muslim background to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, what a what a situation they're in. It's it's oh. truly amazing. How about how about a update on the Syria situation? What do you see happening there? Well, uh, there's a couple of things about Syria. First of all, you can talk about the area controlled by Syrian President Assad, along with Russia and uh, Iran, and the danger to um, to Israel right now is that Iran is trying to use uh, the civil war that had been going on for many years to uh, to infiltrate into Syria, and uh, with many of these militias that come from different parts of the Middle East, as far as ways Afghanistan or, or Iraq, um, and, and to be sort of a forward base against um, against Israel. Uh, and you see that as well, obviously, on the uh, Lebanese border with Hezbollah. The other story is, is actually a, a very good one, and it's in northeast Syria, where there's a, an autonomous region that uh, controls itself. They, they sort of grew up uh, during the uh, battle with ISIS, and they, along with allied forces, mainly the United States, uh, were the boots on the ground Mm -hmm. that actually beat back ISIS and helped defeat the caliphate. Now, this region is not controlled by uh, the Syrian government, and uh, they have developed a a democracy there that allows religious freedom, uh, representation of women. In fact, their uh, constitution or their their, uh, charter uh, has, you have to have, I think, 30 percent of representation by women. Uh, Christians are allowed to uh, participate in the government, as well as Muslims. It's really a flowering democracy in the midst of the Middle East. And it even allows uh, for people to change their faith. And you know what that means. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, in the Middle East, uh, that can be a death sentence. But uh, here they're allowing it. And um, so those are sort of the the two sides of what's happening in Syria right now. Some of it's mm. very good news. Other not. Wow. Is is that area near Deir Azor? Is that near the Euphrates at all? Or is it? In yes. The, which... Well, I think Deir Azor is south of that area. Uh, but I, uh, we're talking about um, it's predominantly, well, it's a multi-ethnic area. Uh, you have uh, Turkmen, you have uh, mm-hmm. Kurds, uh, Christians, and uh, a variety of uh, people in there. But more north. Uh, right on the border with uh, Kurdistan, Iraqi Kurdistan, wow. and uh, on the border with Turkey as well. Wow. This is historic when you think about it, because south of where this area is, Deir Azor is the place where the Ottomans marched Armenian Christians, 1900, mm. and I think before 1910, I believe it was, and um, just uh, to Deir Azor, and, and then ended up crucifying 
many of them. Uh, just a horrible display of uh, Muslim terrorism against Christians. And so, you know, only God could do this. Uh, the situation in Lebanon, um, collapsing economy, one of the most horrific explosions. Did you feel that explosion the day that it happened, Chris? We know people uh, in we Cyprus too, did. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were a little too far away, but uh, that explosion was... Uh, I, I have a friend who lived, I think, about uh, five miles. Uh, I think it shattered his glass, and it, 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 the scene was apocalyptic. It's hard to describe really how much uh, of Beirut was destroyed there. And, and just one more tragedy on a country that has suffered through decades of, uh, of civil war, of uh, bad, uh, corrupt government. Uh, it's really a sad, sad situation for the people of Lebanon right now. Oh, my gosh. One of the most beautiful countries I've ever mm. been to, the beaches, the mountains where you can go skiing. One day, if there was ever peace and you could drive up the coast of Israel and go straight into Lebanon, wow, what a trip that would be. Historically, oh, yeah. biblically, Tyre and Sidon, kind of the twin cities of the Bible. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Would that yep. ever be amazing? Let's conclude our interview with Iran. What do you see happening there? Uh, they're boasting again. There's been recent threats to President Trump uh, uh, threatening Israel again. What do you see happening there? How, how long is Israel going to let this go on before they do something? Well, it's a great question. It's actually been a question for um, many, many years, probably since I came here. What will Israel do with Iran? Uh, just a few days ago, Iran said, we're just waiting. We're going to go to 20% enriched uranium. The reason that's so important is because um, the next step is to go to weapon grades, weapons grade uranium and uh that's one step from a nuclear bomb uh they're developing ballistic missiles so they can deliver a nuclear bomb on the other hand uh netanyahu said just the other day emphatically we will not allow iran to get a yeah. nuclear weapon whether or not israel along with the united states will do a military strike uh against uh iran remains to be seen uh they almost did it apparently about uh, 2012, there are reports that came out. They actually discussed this in the security cabinet. It was voted down. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know that Israel has prepared for this for many, many years. And But whether or not the trigger will be pulled remains to be seen. Internally, uh, my understanding is that the regime is, um, uh, I wouldn't say on a knife's edge, but they're, they're hurting. Mm -hmm. Economically, the sanctions yeah. have had a, a, a very big impact. Uh, I would say most Iranians do not, from the people that we hear from that are inside, do not like regime. Yeah. Many had to taste to test it. And in all this, there is a remarkable revival going on. Supernatural dreams and visions. Uh, you've reported on that, Tom. You've written about it. In fact, you've got another book coming out, I think, about it. And, uh, or that it include what's happening in Iran. And I think that is one of the great stories of the Middle East right now is the Holy Spirit breathed and led revival among Iranians oh, uh, who amen. love God uh, at great peril. It's like the Book of Acts coming to life right now. It certainly is. And when you think about it, what's in play here physically, politically, geographically, but what's in play spiritually? Um, mm. Iran is boasting about wiping out the chosen people in Israel, wiping out the Jews. But yet 
they have the fastest growing church per capita in the world right now within Iran. Israel, with any kind of move, would certainly respond. Obviously, this would be like a double win for Satan. That's what he's gunning for. So yes, exactly. We are praying for the people of Iran. Joanne's broadcasting in there with her Not Forgotten team 11 times a week now on Flourish, the women's TV program. We're so thrilled about that. But also, uh, the underground church is strong. And uh, the recent poll, 50,000 Iranians, less than a third of them said they believed in God anymore, which is mm, shocking, right. which is shocking. So, Chris, I know we need to let you go. I just want to end with this verse and then ask if you would just close us in prayer. Sure. Uh, I love this. Where you live is a picture of trusting in God ultimately. And Psalm 125 says this, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forevermore. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore. Just the picture, just the fact that Jerusalem is still standing God's saying, that's a visible picture for you to look at to see that you can trust me. So, Chris, pray us out as we go today, would you? Yeah. Father, uh, we just want to lift up uh, the region that I love, that Tom and Joanne love, that so many uh, of your believers love, and you love, uh, the Middle East. And, Lord, we pray from Tehran to Jerusalem that you would move by your Holy Spirit. Uh, We pray that you would continue to breathe on this revival within Iran. Uh, we pray for a continued supernatural dreams and visions. We pray that you would protect those who at great risk of their own lives are, are worshiping, praying, evangelizing. Lord, we also pray for uh, the believers here in the Middle East that have gone through great persecution and great trouble and great stress, that you would strengthen them and that you would give them hope and peace, whether they're in Gaza, whether they're in Syria uh, or Turkey or Lebanon. Uh, Egypt, we just pray that you would strengthen your church. And Father, we pray for your people, the apple of your eye. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that you would continue to have your hand upon your people, your city, your land. And Lord, we just pray, and we just thank you for the privilege of being here, to be like the sons and daughters of Issachar, to help understand the times and know what Israel and the church should do. Uh, And we pray, we just love you father and we look forward to all the things that are coming we pray that we would be faithful to the calling that you have for our lives so that uh, when we see you you can say to us well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of your lord we ask that in jesus name and bless tom joanne the work that they do the podcast the books the ministry we just thank you for them bless them abundantly in this coming year and beyond in jesus name Amen. Amen, Chris. And we pray for God's blessing for you. All your work with Christian Broadcasting Network, Dateline Jerusalem, walking around Israel, uh, letting us come there with you, and your great books that you've written. Really, you truly are God's man in Israel. It's an honor to know you. And I guess what we have to say is this, this year in Jerusalem, buddy. Amen. Let's do it this year. (laughs) Okay. God bless you. Thank you. All right, Tom. Bye-bye. Thank you, Chris. Wow, talking to you is always so enlightening. God is always moving so powerfully, especially in Jerusalem. You know, if we want to know what's going on prophetically, keep our eyes on Israel. So thank you for your insights, both spiritually and politically. 
Wow. I hope our, our listeners are encouraged today and challenged. And Chris, we hope that we see you this year, 2021, in Jerusalem. That's right. And by faith, we have three trips on the calendar. That's right. If you want to go with us to Israel, just reach out to us. You can just get on unchartedministries.com and uh, just send us a little note. We'll get that. UnchartedMinistries.com. And let's close our prayer, our show with a, a prayer for Chris. Yes. Lord Jesus, thank you for Chris Mitchell. He truly has been your man in Jerusalem for three decades now. Chris and Liz and their children, they're forever changed by that holy assignment you gave them in Israel. And thank you for his heart where he loves Jewish people. He loves Palestinians and has such a gospel-centered focus. Mm-hmm. Thank you that he's reporting the news, but he he brings in the biblical history, and then he ties in what's happening spiritually because we know above all else the political things we see on the ground are really just a mere reflection of the the spiritual things that are happening in the heavenlies. And so there's so much in play in Jerusalem, in Israel, in the Middle East. Thank you for giving us this time to take this trip and this journey with Chris there. Bless his family. Use them for your glory. May everything they do prosper, and may he have your favor as they serve you faithfully in Jerusalem, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today, Chris, and thank you for listening in today, friends. This is Good News from the Middle East. I'm Joanne Doyle. And I'm Tom Doyle. Join us next time. If you like this, uh, subscribe, pass it on to friends, give us a big life, big like, and uh, a good rating. We appreciate that. Thank, thank you. Thank you.